It's a new year, and that means basketball season is in full swing. From Big Monday to Super Tuesday to the Montana women's and men's basketball teams, Paradise Falls is your hoops headquarters. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3 and Pluto TV capabilities, meaning they can broadcast every single college basketball game you can think of. Paradise Falls also has 18 draft beers, including six rotating taps, plus a variety of delicious food. Paradise Falls, open 7 a.m. till midnight, located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. When it comes to college hoops, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. It's the ESPN Roundtable. It is presented by our friends at Paradise Falls. And today on the Roundtable, it's Coulter because today is signing day in college football, officially. And I w- again, I won't say it's anticlimactic, but it's certainly less hectic in Montana. Now that there's the early signing period, the the, the, the bulk of these classes uh, have already uh, been signed, sealed, and delivered for Montana and Montana State. But nonetheless, uh, some transfers from su- some signees today, four in Missoula and eight in Bozeman. So, Coulter, go through here and uh, and give us a couple of high watermarks here on some of the kids individually, and then we'll get into some of the discussion about the, the, the new reality in general with the early signing period to now. Well, when you look at Montana State's signings in total, Montana State, I think one – portion of recruiting that FCS schools don't necessarily attack as hard as I think they should. One thing that where Rob Ash at Montana State was such a great a great recruiting strategy was he would go get kickers and punters that were full ride guys whether they're from in state or out of state but he would go get who he thought was worth a full ride and give them a full scholarship under the premise that they will start for four years and mm-hmm. then basically just roll the dice and not really recruit anybody until these guys were at least juniors and sometimes even seniors. Well, Jason Cunningham ended up as the the most prolific and likely greatest kicker in Montana state history. And Roy Perez, probably the second greatest. Well, yeah, right. Jan center does, doesn't have the career numbers cause he was only well, for Montana state's kicker for one yeah. season, but uh, right. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. I mean, Ron center is one of the greatest kickers ever period in the history of yes. football. Yes. But Jason Cunningham, certainly the most prolific kicker, right? Roy Perez was a great punter who then also assumed place kicking duties his second two years and was actually pretty darn productive in that element too. A lot of times the Montana schools, Montana actually produces pretty good specialists in state. And so a lot of times the Montana schools will recruit those guys as partial scholarship guys or preferred walk on guys. And a lot of times you strike gold and you never really have to spend too much scholarship money until their last year. I mean, look at a guy like Jared Padmas who was just at Montana state. I mean, he comes out of, Boulder, Montana, Class B high school, and he's a four-year starter. You can you can hit the jackpot when you get a guy like that. Mm-hmm. That's a, the, probably the perfect situation to get a four-year starter guy for not a full scholarship who's from Montana who turns into a, a consistent and great player. But I just think that at this level, especially you can get guys that are way above your head, way out of your league by offering under the promise of playing time and full scholarships. And that's what Montana State's done in this class yeah, I don't know if the the long snapper that they signed, Tommy Sullivan, out of Everett, Washington, he's out of Archbishop Murphy, which is a Class 2A power in Washington. Yep. I'm not sure if he's a full-ride guy, but I'm assuming since he's an out-of-state guy that was announced, he's getting some sort of a scholarship. To me, that's smart because that guy, barring a disaster, you locked up your long snapper position. And it's not sexy, certainly. But it's an essential part of your football team. It is when you have a successful field goal that you need to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And having a solid guy that somebody can trust there yeah. is huge. And Montana State, you know, they also signed one of the best punters in the entire nation. I mean, Bryce Layton was ranked as the second-ranked punter in the country from the Coles kicking camps. 
He's the first player to ever go to Montana State as an Under Armour All-American. I mean, he played in the Under Armour All-American High School All-Star Game. He's one of the top 100 ranked players in the country, period. You you use the academic draw of Montana State, the promise to be a four-year starter, and all of a sudden, again, barring disaster, you're set at punter now. I mean, you, you just plugged and played. That's the type of guy that I would want. Yeah. And so to me, like you said, what these guys are going to become, you don't really don't know. But you have so much more of a surefire bet when you're signing a punter or a kicker yeah. than other positions. Have you ever searched for your team on television and they're nowhere to be found? Paradise Falls has you covered. Paradise Falls has 30 TVs with ESPN3, giving them the capability to broadcast every single game you can imagine. Paradise Falls has 18 draft beers, a brand new menu, and a variety of delicious food to choose from. Paradise Falls opens 7 a.m. until midnight and located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. No matter who you follow, FBS or FCS, any team, anywhere, you can watch in Paradise at Paradise Falls. Let me ask you about some of the transfers, and sure. particularly Oregon State, that played big factor into both of these uh, from from today, from the second now signing day, signing period uh, of of this first Wednesday in uh, in February. Jeffrey Manning mm-hmm. is a defensive back who's going to Montana State. Trajan Cotton, Omar Hicks, Onu or Onu, we, it's we Onu. Onu. Uh, are also both transferring to Montana, all three of them from Oregon State, all three of them DBs. And, I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on, you know, in Corvallis as far as all that goes. And you've told me many times before, look, man, it, you, you want to say, okay, like if, if you're getting the kids who have been in the Pac-12, who've been in Power 5 conference schools, you know that that's a good thing. They're probably great athletes, but also there's probably a reason they're going. Sometimes it's on the kid. I think we've seen kids who've come here with all the talent and skill in the world and not been productive, maybe just not good football players, maybe not just, you know, whatever it is. But also, if you have multiple guys leaving from the same school at the same time and even the same position group in this thing, I mean, three division uh, three three defensive backs from one school all at the same time going to multiple places that I don't uh, that's that doesn't happen very often. Well, it's kind of akin to the fact that Montana State had three Washington transfers on their defensive line alone. That makes a little bit more sense since Jeff Choke came from Washington right. and was the D line coach there. A little different deal, yeah. But I'm going to be really interested to see, especially the two kids that are coming to Montana, how they pan out because these two kids, their film looks good. They're physically talented they have good size good range they can run but they played safety in college and they're going to play corner at the fcs level now broadly you'd say okay well the pac-12 has elite top level speed and top level athletes and you know a guy that could play safety in the pac-12 should be able to play corner in the fcs i think that's largely true except for i don't know if it's necessarily true in the big sky because the receivers in the big sky the receiver the, the position of receiver in the big sky conference is the position that has pl- more players that are playing above their level of play than maybe any other position. It's the same premise. You can promise a guy that he's going to come get so many balls thrown to him. He's going to have such an advantage over the competition. And that's where you get guys like Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne, you know, guys like Jeff Cotton at Idaho last year. The guys that maybe choose to go to a little smaller of a school so they have elevated opportunities and then they can give themselves next-level opportunities so it'll be interesting to see how those two Montana transfers transition because I don't think you can just assume that a guy, just because he can play safety in the Pac-12, 
And who knows what, how high of a level those guys could even play safety in the Pac-12. Neither one of them were starters. They got playing time, but they were not starters. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the pipeline continues. Justin Strong was from Oregon State as well, mm-hmm. recently at Montana. So there's been some DBs that have landed uh, not only at the Montana schools, but in the big sky. It'll be interesting to see how those guys pan out. But uh, by and large, the Grizz, you, know, you talked about maybe the the diminishing luster of this day. It was particularly lackluster for Montana for no other reason than they had, I think, 18 seniors last year, That's and right. they signed 18 guys in December. And so they only signed four guys today. The, the other two that they signed, a couple of tight, couple ends. tight ends. And Matt Simpkins out of Butte Central, he was a guy that I thought maybe would have signed early. I don't know what the situation is. I would like to get some more details on that. I don't know if they're going to give him you know, maybe a, a emissions waiver and he's going to be a preferred walk-on guy to start. He was a guy that I knew was on the radar, and a lot of people were speculating that he was going to be one of the early signings. They signed Guido mm-hmm. Ocello, who, by the way, on the first signing day, one little tidbit that we didn't share that I actually had found out since then, Guido Ocello, who's also a Butte Central product, is the grandson of Mick Delaney. Mm. I didn't realize that the day that he was signed. He was one of the late commits, the early signing period, but a pair of Butte Central high school kids coming to Montana. It's always good to have Butte guys, as all the coaches will always tell you, for for a variety <laughs> of reasons, from, Correct. from humor to toughness to the allegiance of the town uh, towards your program. But the other kid that, that Montana signed, uh, the Peyton Brammer kid, at a Brush Prairie, Washington, which is right over the bridge, right? Isn't that right over the bridge from Portland? It's like yeah, by, so by, it's, by Vancouver. It's just east of Vancouver, right. right on the Columbia, so right on the southwestern you know, corner of the state of Washington. Yeah. Right. The Brammer kid, though, he committed last night via Twitter, and so I was checking out his profile and looking at some of his film. This is a kid that this is where – it could be a high risk, high reward situation. This he was is a, injured, right? Yeah, I mean, this, this is a kid that had Mountain West and and even some Pac-12 interest. He had offers from quite a few Mountain West schools coming out of his junior year. He was talking to Oregon and Oregon State, and then he blew out his knee early in his senior year, and everybody dropped him. And so he's not going to even be ready to practice until yeah. probably late into the, his year. So he's going to redshirt. Certainly he's still rehabbing. He'll right still be now. rehabbing for the majority of next season. But if he can get right and this day and age, I mean, it used to be that it, that would, it's a kiss of death. If you're a big guy, tear your ACL. But now it seems more and more that if you just put in the work, you don't get frustrated. You don't have any setbacks that you can come back from it. And sometimes if you put in the work in the rehab, and the physical therapy, sometimes you can actually even come back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. And so, if, you know, he's a young guy. So I think that it's not that high of a risk. But this is the type of guy where if he gets it right and then can fulfill his potential, get back to his full athletic prowess, but also then put on some weight because he is only 205 pounds. But as six foot five is a great frame. That's a guy that has a lot of, a lot of upside. But I, I think that you know, Bobby Houck has made this comment to us on the early signing period. Both, each of the last two years, and then today on the video they had on GoGrizz.com, he's been adamant about how this reduces the stress and how much easier recruiting is. But no one's really followed up and asked him why. I want to know why. I want to know why he thinks it's so much easier and less st- stressful. I don't know. I mean, it, the, other than there's these two months where you're not recruiting nearly as much, right. but also – you are doubling up in the most important time of your actual season trying to get things done and get right. your group together. 
to get ready for the front end of it. I, maybe he just is, I, I don't know. I would love, I don't want to put he, words in his mouth, but I, I think that part of what he's maybe saying is that forever his recruiting, Bobby Houck and his staff's recruiting strategy has been to get kids on campus when the season's going. Mm. It's the best strategy you could have. Get a kid to the Grizz game. He's going to enjoy himself. Yeah. He's going to remember it. But I think in past years, you bring a kid to a game in October or November, and then you got to hang on for dear life for three months. And you never know where else he might go, who else might get in on him to try to recruit him, who might try to steal him from you. Whereas now, they had their biggest recruiting visit the first weekend of December when they hosted a playoff game, and then they signed those guys two weeks later. Yeah. You don't have to hang on for any of these long. You know, I also, I remember, because this is the third year of this, this is also Bobby Houck's third sort of this he had he had been hired right at the start of this very thing happening for the first time and i remember asking him about it at that time and he even said i thought i was going to hate this i thought that this was right. not going to be a good thing and now that i've done it i actually really like it and so you know i i think uh it does take pressure off on this obviously last couple of months and also you know I think it gives coaches, at least if, if you're in the right spot, which certainly Montana, Montana State it is in the right spot for something like this, the opportunity, you're going to, where's the recruiting battle taking place? Broadly, generally speaking, it's the state of Montana, right? Like those are the kids that are being fought over. You might have a, a kid or two from out of state that both teams are going for, but really it's in state. So if you can get all of that sorted out initially and have your board set and you know what you have, now, now all of a sudden you can circle the places. Okay, this is where we got to fill in. These are the transfers we got to look for. And you can go very, very specifically after individual players to try and get them in, to push and try and get them in at this time today. And I think that that's what both these schools did. Don't enter the madness without the knowledge you need. When it comes to filling out NCAA tournament brackets, you can rely on luck or you can get yourself ready to win the Tutel and Nuwana's Bracket Challenge by watching the stretch run of the regular season and every conference tournament at Paradise Falls. Come down to Paradise Falls to watch every college basketball game you need to prepare for the tournament and be sure to enter the Tutel and Nuwana's Bracket Challenge with your chance to win $400 in free food and drinks from Paradise Falls. Leap into March Madness in Paradise at Paradise Falls. Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. It's the uh, ESPN Roundtable Signing Day edition with Colton Nuwana's. I think we're both in agreement that really projecting and ranking these guys is foolish. Yes. I think that even the coaches, particularly Coach Houck, would tell you that that's just a fool's errand to try to say which guy is going to be the best who guy won, in the class. Who did the – yeah. Who yeah, won the yeah, – I mean, it's all about what's going to happen down the road. These – Montana more than Montana State, but th- these two schools are definitely still developmental-based programs. Yes. What you are and what you're going to become. I mean, you're recruiting a guy based on potential, and then you're you're hoping. I don't think a lot of these guys that are signed on either side are going to be impact players right away. But I want to talk about another element of this. We were talking in the first segment about at the FBS level, 25 full-ride scholarships is what each team's limit is to give out each year mm-hmm. because you can split scholarships up there's partial scholarships you can sign as many guys as you want at the fcs level and jeff Choate has talked extensively and in detail about the challenges of meeting equivalency at the fcs level and the three magic numbers are 63 85 and 104 you have 63 scholarships at your disposal 
85 different guys can be on scholarship. So how do you divide it up? Mm-hmm. The way you divide up in-state and out-of-state money is also somewhat of a challenge because in-state and out-of-state tuition, especially at Montana State, is significantly different. So how do you make sure that you have 85 guys? Like Choate said, there was, there was his first two years, they did not have 85 guys on scholarship. They were under, yeah. Then the last number is 104. That's your roster limit, how many guys you can carry on your roster. I think some coaches don't really worry about that number 80 through number 104, but Jeff Choate worries about it meticulously. On one hand, I think that if you do worry about it meticulously, you can sign all sorts of guys every year, and you can upgrade your roster even if you're not upgrading the top of your roster. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, certainly. And I think that's one thing that Choate has done a great job in. They added a couple guys, a couple offensive linemen that were gray shirts, guys that are just now joining the program that will have four years to play four, but if they graduate in four years, they'll get that fifth year back. But that means they weren't in school or with the team this last fall, even though they were from the last high school class. Yep. Jacob Kettles is one of those guys. Shaden King is one of those guys. Now, are either of those guys going to be in the mix to play this year? I really highly doubt it. Jacob Kells is coming off a knee injury. He is a very talented guy but he, from Linden, Washington, which is a great football program. He's coming off a knee injury. That's why they gray-shirted him. They knew he was going to be behind. That could be a, a situation that, that Peyton Brommer maybe from Montana faces as well. The Shaden King kid, he just didn't really know if he was going to do track or if he was going to do football. And Montana State didn't know if they had room for him, but then they, they ended up adding him. But what they're doing is they're upgrading – they're basically second and third team offensive lines. They're scout team offensive lines. And so in that element, I think it's really great because you're paying attention to your whole roster. Maybe you're out recruiting some guys so that you're, you know, if you rank number one through 104, you're upgrading your number 89. It makes your whole team better. It makes your practices better. But on the other hand, I just think that you can out-recruit yourself to death, and then all of a sudden, maybe you're not even giving a kid a chance to develop because you just out-recruit him, you out-recruit him, you out-recruit him. And I think you see it sometimes with the skill positions, and I just wonder if that's the case with Montana State. I mean, wide receiver is not really a position of need. It is a little bit because they lose Kevin Cassis and Travis Johnson at MSU, but they also have some other guys like Lance McCutcheon, Coy Steele, guys that have played in games that have caught touchdowns waiting in the wings. Right. But they also decided to add two different junior college guys. They've added a couple different prep guys. So they're always trying to out-recruit, 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 and I don't know. What do you think of just the balancing act that it is? Because I think that we could both agree that upgrading the depth of your roster is a very smart idea. Certainly. But I also wonder how often do you chase guys off? I I guess there's a fine line is what I'm saying between mitigating attrition and just getting drunk on recruiting. You know, I, I agree with you. Here's what I, here's the thing I think that coaches basically, especially in, in the state of Montana go with, they go, we're going to recruit every and anybody that we can, and if they're better than you, then you need to get better. As long as you're still on the roster, you have every opportunity to do all the work that you need to do to be as good as you can be, and if some guy is willing to come here and he ends up being better than you, you know, then hats off to him. And I, my perspective, and I'm not saying this is the right one, but I think that the coaches generally – Think this: If you are, if you are going to be not mentally tough enough to deal with the fact that somebody's been brought in after you've been here a year or two years and is now slotted ahead of you, and that is, you know, 
that doesn't sit well with you, then that problem is yours. What you need to do is, if we bring in somebody who gets slotted a, a, you know, ahead of you, go to work. Prove that you actually right. are the better player. Totally. Now, I do think that, that there is a fine line there, man. Like, I... I understand like this the the mental toughness factor and right. all of that but at some sometimes that is nauseating to me. Sometimes a kid needs to be encouraged, needs to be brought along and told like no you can do this. We believe in you. Right. Go get it done. And the the constant prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself without reinforcement or constant, you know, now we got 10 guys I got to beat out instead of 7 or whatever it is, you know, there, there's reasons that that weighs on kids, you know? First and foremost, Coach Houck wants one thing and one thing alone. Guys that want to be Grizz. Guys that love being Grizz. Yes. Will you do anything I tell you to be a part of this special thing? And I think if he can still do it, that's why they had so much success. Because being number 104 on the Grizz roster back in 2007 was a big freaking deal. To the internally to mm-hmm. the guys, I mean, if you if you were getting a, a snap on the scout team, that means you were above thirty other guys on the roster. That means you earned that. I mean, that was a big deal. I remember when my brother was starting scout team safety, like that was a thing. Yeah, uh, you, you earned that spot. That was a very prestige. I mean, with, again, internally, Within, not externally, yes, but yes. you had respect amongst your team, and that's where you get true, true, true teams. I'm just so interested to see in this new age mindset where kids will leave at the drop of a hat. And what have you done for me lately? And if I'm not playing when I'm a freshman, I'm going to go find somewhere right. I can play. I'm just so interested to see if it still works here. But I don't necessarily know if it's a matter of if it works here or not. I think it's a matter of finding the right kids. And yes. that's what I'm so interested to see is the, Bobby Houck said on his Facebook Live thing this morning, he said, the last two classes we've signed, if they stick with it, if they buy in and believe what we tell them, they take the coaching and they stick with it. They have a chance to break records, and put marks out that no one has ever seen in Grizz history. That's an unusual level of hyperbole for Bobby Houck, yeah. but I think that he believes in his personality analysis at a very high level. Coulter, so you wanted to just extrapolate, though, a little bit more on the two transfer quarterbacks right. headed to Montana State and heading to uh, Montana. Again, for uh, the Bobcats, Matthew McKay is a junior. He's transferring from North Carolina State, from the Wolfpack, into Montana State. And just another, they haven't had a lack of numbers. They just have had a lack of the guy rising to the top and Tucker Rovig. Uh, came on and played much better in the second half of the season, no question about it, but you still got to believe. I mean, there's certainly plenty of room for improvement at the position, no matter who it would be. For the Grizzlies, Dalton Sneed graduates. Uh, you, you have Cam Humphrey sitting there, uh, you know, as as the transfer, and he's an incumbent senior, right? Cam uh, Humphrey's in for the, for the Grizz, but it's always about competition. And Robbie Patterson transferring in for uh, Montana from Saddleback, community college so where are we at on these transfers well, i think that as everything in this rivalry continues to be there's a dichotomy and i think that so many people expected jeff Choate and bobby hawk to be so similar and they're actually almost not similar at all in all in the ways they structure their programs they're very intense guys yeah but other than that in terms of the philosophies of how to develop players and the structure your program what you want your program to be about very not that similar at all mm-hmm. whether coaching staffs are structured rosters are structured not similar yeah the way they're managing quarterbacks, not similar. Bobby Houck's theory is he wants to have a guy in each class. And the best guy will rise to the top, period. There will be, despite the fact that Cam Humphreys started multiple games last year, there will be a full-fledged quarterback competition with equal chance for Cam Humphreys, 
and Chris Brown and Carson Rostad and Robbie Patterson to win the starting quarterback job. Montana State, if Jeff Choke out recruit you, he's going to. And the reason that they have had not a lot of animosity in the locker room, at least the last two years, when that sort of thing happens, is because of the family atmosphere that he's created, as well as just the, the everybody's bought in, and there's really no choice to be anything but that. They've recruited so well on the offensive and defensive lines that out-recruiting those guys has not been a reality. You're not going to out-recruit Bryce Sturk and Mitch Brott. Those guys are just going to start everywhere in the league, probably everywhere in the country, and those positions are not ones where you can necessarily recruit a plug-and-play guy. But I, I just wonder when it catches up to you when you're talking about the skill positions. If you're always bringing in transfers to start over guys or whatever it might be, I think it's it's hard to really find that identity Yeah. if you don't really cultivate the position, especially at quarterback. I mean, multi-year starters, it's so essential at quarterback. And if you if Matt McKay does start over Tucker Rovig, what is Tucker Rovig on your roster then? It could be a great program guy, a great guy that's you know helping out with drills, a practice player, whatever it might be, but he used to be a three-star quarterback. Are you wasting a scholarship on that guy? I don't know. I, I think that, again, testament to the strength of the internal culture and no animosity when it comes to competition. But on the other hand, you s- somewhat have to prioritize continuity somewhere along the lines, especially when it comes to offensive skill positions. Well, a lot of eyeballs, obviously, on the position both places, and, uh, and it'll be fun spring to see how this uh, all develops. The ESPN Roundtable is brought to us by our friends at Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street on the south end of Missoula. Uh, If you're coming into Missoula from the Bitterroot, great place to stop. If you're headed out of town, you can get a bite to eat, fuel for the road. And if you're in the South Hills, not a ton of options over there. Great spot to sit, have drinks, have food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, late happy hour. It's all there for you at Paradise Falls. And the anomaly of the Big Sky Conference schedule this year means that we're going to have these split weekends. And this is one of the first ones of the league schedule where – Thursday, the men Grizz are going to be at home. Lady Grizz are on the road. So if you want to watch both or you want to catch the Lady Grizz, go to Paradise Falls. And on Saturday, the men hit the road and the Lady Grizz will be at home. Same thing. You want to watch both games or you want to watch the away game because those are usually the ones that are a little bit more difficult to find. Head on down to Paradise Falls. they got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, brand new lunch and dinner specials. They're running their specials now Thursday through Sunday. And they got some really good ones as well. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Missoula's coolest hotspot. It's madness. The greatest time of year is here, and there's no better place to track your bracket than at Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs for you to catch the entire NCAA tournament, and Paradise Falls has a variety of March specials, too. From crispy rib bites for $11.95 to halibut bites and fries for $12.95 to a delicious steak sandwich for $13.95, plus 18 draft beers to pick from. Paradise Falls is your spot to take in all the madness. 